so uh bears oh god love him god hate him <laughs> i uh, tell me what you really feel so Just bears let it out, let it yeah, out Dave. so no so here's the thing so i never grew up hunting bears okay it's an alaskan thing for me so i love them cuz they're an alaskan thing if that makes sense in so backing up kind of like in my childhood up here, you guys have been allowed, allowed to do just about anything you want with bears for a long time. Sure. Within reason, I mean, uh, you know. But you don't go drag them, sow and cubs out of a cave and leave them laying on a hillside. Yeah, that was in the paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all of us look bad, all us bear hunters. Ugh. Yeah, so there's always the douchebags. But that brings up kind of kind of where I was going to go with it. And what I can remember for bear hunting growing up, it was something that was done in the state of Oregon. And in 92 or 94, it must have been 92. I don't want to say it was 94. I think it was 12, 10 or 12. So they uh, banned the hunting of, do- uh, of dogs. <laughs> yeah, boy. That's some good beer. Uh, Clearly, I need more. Hunting of bears with dogs. Dog, thank you. Or over bait, along with cougars. Okay. That, that was outlawed in the state of Oregon. It went before the entire state. It was a done by not just like the legislator making a ruling. It was actually done by the voters of the state of Oregon. They put it out to everybody. Yeah. Do we want this or not? And so it became a spot and stock affair. And where I was hunting, where I kind of grew up hunting, dad never really had an interest in hunting bears. It was kind of one of those things of just kind of, yeah, if you saw one, you shot it kind of thing. Yeah. And so cats and bears became like $10. You got your bear tag and your cat tag. But your deer tag was like 30 bucks. Hmm. So we would always get, you know, our, our cat and our bear tag just in case. It was yeah. never a, it was an incidental find. Hmm. And I can remember I was hunting one time and I was a spot and stock area, Western Oregon. So, I mean, we're sitting in my office, which is what, 10 square feet. No, it's 12 by 10. Cause I had to refloor this thing. <laughs> I was like, well, that's pretty specific for just eyeballing it. <laughs> yeah. I did have to refloor this thing one time. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, so I've been all over this little area of the world. But I was hearing some sounds and kept on, like, sneaking up on something, and I didn't know what it was. Because you hear that snap, you know. And, hunting. And you're hunting, you know, and, you're, and so you're going, and you're kind of in a clear-cutty area. It was probably 20-year-old clear-cut, so it's just brushy enough. I couldn't quite get a, a bead on it. And it turned out to be a little bear. I mean, tiny bear. Mm-hmm. But a tiny bear kind of sounds like a tiny Tank. deer. Well, deer. Wow. He was actually walking really quietly through the woods. And he was well, a yearling. I was just going with, you see, here bear, and you're not used to it, and it's the biggest bear you've ever seen. Mm. And you're not like I knew instantly as a small one. I mean, it was just no doubt in my mind. It just it was just the, like you just went oh. I mean, it, it was not it a not a tank at all. It didn't grow as soon as the story started being no. told. <laughs> no, it was a tiny bear. I mean, it was a yearling more than likely. Yeah, I didn't get a a huge glimpse at it, but it was one of those that I just kind of go. I know it was not a big bear. It was just a bear. It was a black bear, so it's not like the grizzlies we have up here or brown bear, however you want to state that, because they are the same bear. Yeah, but. That was bear hunting back home. Now, there are a few guys that will go up on the Cascade Range and like go out and try and spot and stalk them specifically, but they don't hunt them like they do here. It's just not, not a big thing. So here, there's a couple ways that guys hunt bears. Bait. Throw bait out first. Most guys uh, that get into that start thinking about baiting bears. Right. Um, so baiting bears is taking an edible source food so it has to be edible you can't go out there and throw trash trash and all that junk out there uh 
putting it in a container of some type and 55 gallon drum. That's the Usually. pretty standard. Yep, because it's something that the bears can't rip open. If you throw a Rubbermaid tub out there, they're going to rip that to shreds, and you're going to have nothing left. And then you have to explain to the troopers why it looks like a trash heap out at your stand. But uh, that's they, all another they topic. They probably figure it out pretty quick. Yeah, and give a little chuckle as they go. This guy didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> so but they can also give you a fine for that. But anyways. they could. So normally, you know, in some sort of container that contains that food, keeps the bears focused on one specific spot, and then you set up your hunting area where you can take your your good clean shot in now, theory a blind or a some type a, or a deer stand yes most guys will use a, a tree stand uh, correct get elevated get up out of the line of sight of the bears i mean who wants to really get line of sight with a 1500 pound piece of meanness sitting there yeah, on the other end of that stick it will make you pucker just a little bit so that's one way and as we start talking about size and things like that do we want to cover like size of bears right now, or do we want to wait until we kind of talk about the basics? Oh, let's keep going because we're, we're we're talking just we're talking about ways we hunt bears. Okay, let's keep so going. There's there's one. Sure. Let's keep on track. Okay. You know, us and rabbit trails are yeah. just. Ugh. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> and then we're talking bears. The next time we're talking about you know, Air Force One, and you're like, how do we get, get there? there? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hunting second means is normally done in the spring. Most guys they're going out for spring bear. Or fall bear with the berry patches. Not as much. Um, not as much. They do. There are guys who do fall bear. But the, the benefit of spring bear is most of the time there's still snow. Right, right. These, which... guys, these bears are popping out of the snow, out of their dens. There's still snow cover. Uh, guys can get back into their these areas on snow machines or snowmobile for all of you people who don't know what they're talking about. We always call them sleds, but anyways. Snow go. No, sleds. That's, that's another one up here. Snow yeah, go. Snow go. Um, All four so of those are on the too. You get out there. You find where these bears, because they don't just pop out of their den and take off. They no, kinda, they mill around. They mill around. They'll be in and out. Uh, they may not be completely woke up yet, so they'll kind of pop out, take a look around, kinda do their like thing. Kind of like you in the morning before your cup of coffee. Oh, man, it's bad. Yeah, they, need, they need their cup of coffee. They need their cup of coffee. So you find these denned up areas. You find where these bears are coming out, and you hunker down on them. You sit, and you wait for that bear to come out, and mulling around by around his den, and you take your shot. Um, then, of course, the fall bear. These bears are going high. They're getting up in the mountains. They're denning berry up. Berry patches. Eating on berry patches. Uh, the last little bit of food they can before they, they hibernate. So those are three, right? Yep. Uh, the, the, one of the, 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 Mark, I wouldn't say it's little more technical because you need the equipment to do this more so than the others is on the water in if certain you, units you're allowed to yes you go out on the water uh, most of this is done all coastal right and you so you come along the little coastal estuaries and you kind of float along some areas you're allowed to do that some areas you have to be like physically like almost on. all of them you have to be on the ground for bears True. not for deer right you can shoot from a boat with deer but with bears you have to be on the ground so you're you're in your big boat you're right. cruising around, and you you're looking up. for glass and coasts, and you start seeing bears coming down to the the water's edge, uh, spring or fall. You know, right. coming down to look for food, because in that area there's salmon. So these bears are coming down looking for salmon or mussel beds, mussel beds, grasses, all these things that they can just nourish themselves on. Um, and that's the the other way. You the other way you will see guys do it is they will walk up and down. So like if if you're in a known salmon area, you can also walk the rivers. So a yeah, lot of rivers, though, you do have to be careful because, let's there's say, people. there's a lot of people, but there are places, especially the more popular ones, 
you can't hunt them off of uh, the Russian River. Right, because you have to a, be so many uh, feet or whatever the the distance. It's a sanctuary off. area. Yeah, so there are quite a few places like that, especially the the known fishing rivers that are a little bit bigger. Right, any populated. place populated. Yeah, and saying, and they do want to keep you away from the people, so yeah. do keep that in mind. It's not yeah. like they're trying to be jerks about it. Yep. Most laws in Alaska are pretty reasonable when you look at the why behind it. So having said that, I look at it and I kind of go, you know, when I think about bears, I tend to take. I mean, those are kind of your basic ways. So, I mean, it's really boiled down to a spot and stock approach or a bait or wait and see approach, if you will. Yeah, the uh, spot and stock, though, for bears, if you're just – my thought with going up and down a river is a bear's sense of smell is so strong. Well, but, like, take, for example – okay, go ahead. Let me, I'll let you finish your thoughts. Sorry. They, they know that you're there. True. I won't now, disagree with that. if you're it. in a place that is a lot of people and a lot of fish, like the Kenai or like the Russian River – they understand. Oh, there's people here. There's always been people here. I'm just going to wander through, and I'm going to do, do my it. thing. Right, do my thing. But like for example, if you're going to go hunting spot and stock, you can go out, get on some of these ridges, and you can just glass ridges, and then just try and put a stock on them, like that you wouldn't say uh, the Cascades, like we would. Mm-hmm. It yeah. can be done. Yep. However, it is rare up here. Um, there are some folks that just kind of bump into them and take them with on there on a quad and take yeah. them. It's always a thing. But when I think about bears, I come from a biology background, so I tend to overthink a lot of things. Mm, Doesn't sound right. I know. Not you at all. I know. (laughs) I mean, I got two college educations, and the first one did me so much good in this world that I'd go back and get a second one. (laughs) And then you were in the Army. And then I was in the Army. (laughs) (sighs) Anyways, yeah. By the way, don't believe anything your high school counselor tells you. Number one, I can go down that road and talk about that. And yeah, I've done a lot of things in my life that I shouldn't have done according to them, but we digress. <laughs> but I got my bachelor's degree in biology, minor in chem from Oregon State. So I mm-hmm. tend to come at this from like a little more scientific background. So sure. I went to the state of Alaska and I said, I need some information on bears. Mm. So they give us a scientific name, which I can hardly pronounce and I'm a biologist. Now let's see if you can do it. After a beer and a half, two beers in, he asks this question. Eurus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Americanus. Ah. It's a black bear. Okay. So it's the smaller of the bears. They're the most abundant, widely distributed in the, of the three species of North American bears. Yep. So three species, when we talk about that, there's kind of the three big ones. We talk about the blacks. We talk about the grizzlies or browns. Mm-hmm. And then we also talk about polars. Polar, we can kind of leave out of the topic because unless you're native and from certain areas. Or we're, planning to go to Canada. We're going to stick to Alaska because <laughs> I, Yeah. <laughs> Canuckians. <laughs> I, I love my Canuckian brothers, but they just they got some weird rules up there and I don't want to deal with it. So right. all right, I'm not Russian either. I can't speak Russian. Truth. Yeah, my Russian's limited, it's to vodka. I can say a few choice words just from playing hockey with some Russian people. You're right. There's a lot of Russian influence I'm, here in, in I'm Alaska. Not gonna, I'm not gonna put those over the airways just because they're not the most pleasant Polite. words. Yeah. But kind of generally, the general description they give for it is that the black bears are the smallest of the North American bears, also the most common. Yep. So they'll be like what I hunted in the lower 48 when I was quote-unquote hunting bears or up here. They they stand about 29 inches tall as like they're on all fours. That's what they're saying. So maybe three feet a tall bear. And they, uh, they measure about 60 inches from nose to tail. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they weigh about 200 pounds. So... I'm a little bigger than 200 pounds, so as an average man, it's probably, what, 5'10", buck 80. So it's like trying to pack a dude around. They vary in color. 
there's actually different ones you can get. Like you can get the cinnamon color ones. You can get the black ones. Um, you can get more co- they call them color face bears. Mm-hmm. You can also get, and so that will vary depending upon where they're at. So if they're in the more kind of colder areas, they tend to be darker just because they're trying to warm up hmm. is the theory. So it's actually a theory. So, and then what they say is like, for example, if you shoot a black bear closer to the water because it's colder, just kind of like a wet, damp, cold, you know, yeah. not just like physically cold, like yeah. there's a temperature cold, but because it's colder and damper, they tend to have more blacker hair because they are trying to absorb that heat versus you will tend to get a little less color as you go more interior tend to but it's like humans you have a wide variety of that yeah no i i would that's the when you first said that my head went to the colder climate areas and i immediately went to mountains right yeah sure like no i've never seen you know i see more color phase bears in those areas right but that makes sense of the the that not the humid the cold the damp and the fog blocking the the sunlight so that's why they tend to be more Mm. dark but interestingly enough there is one special bear that has its own special regulations within black bear that I want on my wall so bad. You need a little, you need a moment. It's getting a little excited here. I know. <laughs> I want a color phase bear specifically to Alaska, specific to one area. And I will get one one day. Yeah. Good Lord Terry's. I want a glacier bear. Mm. So they're technically not like a subspecies. It's like a, so they kind of have a blue hue to them. Yep. It's actually, interestingly enough, so I did some research on it because, again, way too much college education. <laughs> and it's actually like a double recessive kind of trait. So there's actually an issue where you could technically overhunt them and, like, wipe that out. Yeah. So th- they do limit that very hard. Uh, if you're an out-of-stater, once every four years, as an Alaskan, one a year. And to get to them, you're only going to get one a year. Mm. Unless you're from the area. And yeah. even then. Yakutat. You know what I mean? It would take. It's yeah. going to take some doing. Yakutat, get a boat, and then go out to the glaciers where the where the bears live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Spend some time. Oh yeah. Having said that, they um, the the black bear is the most common bear up here. So when we talk about like bear attacks, everybody thinks about grizzlies and or brown, however you want to look at it, and how you know they'll tear you a new one. I've been up here for what three three and a half years, mm-hmm. and we have had just as many. I would say, not I don't want to say deadly attacks, but serious attacks meaning where somebody was injured mm-hmm. between grizzlies and black black bears hmm. okay. like, like like well it makes the news yeah you know oh god you know somebody got tore up a black bear is just as likely because yes. usually you're doing something wrong either way to yeah. get you get you tore up so that's kind of the one side of it and so when you talk about black bears i kind of also go so they're smaller they're about 200 pounds they tend to go dormant in the middle of winter and they come out in the spring, just like a regular bear. Yeah. But they will get pushed around by the by the big browns. Yes. Oh, well, any brown, because the brown's much bigger. Just bigger, just bigger in general. And so within the browns, you kind of have two separate subspecies as well. And I, and I don't, I want. So interestingly enough, black bears and glacier bears are the same. Like there is no difference in the record. Just a, a gene. It's a gene mutation. mutation within brown bears. So again, this is this was where it was really interesting to me. So I had to print this out because I'm old school. Paper. Get paper. Yeah, get my paper out. So, Eurus arctoas. Arctoas. Also known as grizzlies, occur throughout Alaska, except in the islands of the south, Frederick's you know, southeast, essentially. Um, there's a few other places they're not. However, they are classified as uh, grizzlies and browns are the same species, so they can be used interchangeably. Yeah. I try and use browns, but I'll also use grizzly at times. They weigh 
Where is it at in here? Up to coastals, up to 550 pounds. Uh, excuse me, that's the interior areas. They can weigh up to 1,500 pounds in the coastal areas. So they have a wide variety. They can go for 500 to 1,500 pounds of bear on the hoof, so to speak, even though they don't have hooves. Yeah. And they tend to be more of a brownish color, hence the brown bear piece. They don't tend to get as much color face other than just like a lighter brown person. Well, they almost kind of have a blondy look to them, right? Like that very but you don't get the black. No, you don't nope. get the you don't get the extremes you get in the in the black no, bears. You don't. Interestingly enough, they do separate out, and most record books do as well. Coastal Kodiak Browns, which are a huge animal. I want to say those are aren't those classified as a grizzly? Oh, hold on. I'm pretty sure there is a distinguishing factor between a brown bear and a grizzly bear. So, this is straight from the state of Alaska. Yeah. Okay. Kodiak, and I'm just going to quote them straight up. I'm reading, plagiarize right here. Kodiak bears are a unique subspecies of the brown or grizzly bear, Eurus arctos middlendorfi. I probably butchered that last one. you know. They live exclusively on the islands of the Kodiak archipelago. Mm-hmm. which essentially is the Kodiak Islands, Yep, and have been isolated from the other bears for about 12,000 years, they yeah. claim. There's about 3,500, just 3,500 bears that are Kodiak bears, so they bear about a little less than every square mile, 0.7 bears per square mile. Mm-hmm. They are healthy. They they weigh up to 1,500 pounds. They can stand up to 10 feet tall on its hind legs. I mean, these are big animals. Yeah, that's the, like, people talk about the trophy Alaska bear. They think Kodiak grizzly. Right. But most of them are not that size. Most of them are much smaller. However. Kodiak or in general? Just in general. Okay, yeah, because the Kodiak bears are big, big-ass bears. I would compare them, what I think about them, when I think about, like, when we talk about big-ass bears, it's kind of like what a football player is to your average American. Yeah. You know, they're like, you just a football player, and they're just a big dude. Big, just. Strong, solid animal. Right. And yep. they, so within that, there's a lot of things that you just kind of go, a lot of information, mm-hmm. a lot of things to think about, but bears basically fall into a couple of camps. If you're baiting them, which I think we can do, we, there's the ethics behind baiting, whether it should or shouldn't be allowed. Mm-hmm. I would argue for a cleaner shot versus something on the run, on the move, because they're feeding. True. And it's whether you sent a bear in or not sent a bear in, and there's food or not food. Yeah. I just look at it and kind of go, I'm making a clean shot, and I'd rather have a clean kill first mm. time. I don't want to chase an animal halfway across the, the tundra while it's wounded. And when you talk about an animal who has a, a, a brown bear's has a heart rate of six a minute. No, as low as, yeah. It can be as low as six a minute. So if you're talking about an animal that just does not have to, it can go a long way in a minute. Well, the other thing that comes in, mean, when it's moving, that would be a resting heart rate. Probably while it's dormant, True. would be my my assumption. But even even that, if I shoot an animal and I wing it, so to speak, it's a fifteen hundred ball, fifteen hundred pound ball of hate with these knife like claws that can rip me apart. I want to be sure of my shot. Agreed. And so but my if point you're is, so if you're up on the hill, you're you know you're doing the spot and sure. stock up on a, a ridge range somewhere where you have this big open area and Man, you're you're getting into, man. I might have a two thousand or two thousand two hundred yard shot. Okay. I'm not saying the anatomy of a bear is just different than a deer, the the, the deer species. Yeah. So, 
when I'm looking at taking a shot on a bear, man, I got to know exactly a long distance like that. I got to know where I'm putting that and where its arm's sitting and what it's doing because that's a lot of bone and they're just heavy, a lot of muscle. Yeah. And so I look at the, so when it comes to baiting and as where I fall on it is I say a few things it offers me. And part of this is, uh, geographics in the sense that I can control things. Mm-hmm. So when you're out hunting, you're at the mercy of the wilds, yeah. so to speak. And if the bear is in a certain spot, when you spot it, things like this, that that's all at the mercy of the wild versus at a stand. I know I'm going to control where that bear is at in the sense that if I have a shot, it's going to be at a certain spot. Like I know it's a, it's a 50 yard shot. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going from this direction. The wind typically comes here because I've done this research yes. for my spot. Yes. And I know because of where I put the barrel, where they're most likely going to be coming in at the barrel at, so I know where their ingress, e- ingress and egress, all that kind of stuff comes at, so that I can pre- more reliably predict where that bear is going to be at. Yes. So that I know when I can wait for my shot, when I, where I'm going to take my shot. Well, and we have we and have a uh, trail cam footage of bears sitting on a stand for six plus hours, just and they can yeah lounging in the area. Like I'm just going to camp out here and have I'm fun eating on this. I'm just rolling around just and. You can take your time, get a strong placement on your shot. The other piece that I think that we miss in this. Okay. So one of the things they do in the in the army when mm-hmm. you go into the distance shooting, you know, you want to be the sniper guy. Okay. You're not allowed to take beta blockers. Like they restrict you on what you can take in the military. It's much like being a professional athlete. One of the things they do is they make you go out. And they make you go for a five mile run, and then they say. Okay, you're done with your five-mile run. Okay, here's your... And they have your rifle set for you. And you, like, sit down and start shooting your rifle. Because they want to teach you how to shoot when you're under that... When you're under that... What's the word I'm looking for? When you're, when you're under that stress. Because your heart's beating fast. You're trying to... Ooh, ooh, it's a bear. It's a shooter. I yeah. want to go after it. And same thing goes on in the military. Because you're in such incredible shape. I would argue that for almost any animal, though. Right. But my point is, is that... When I'm thinking about going and hunting bears on a spot and stock, because they have such incredible noses, for me to go out there, and I'm not saying I'm terribly out of shape. I mean, I do work out at the gym, but it's not like hunting shape. Yeah. And there is a difference. Oh, yeah. And so am I more likely to take a quality shot in an animal where I know where it's at? I mean, most moose are taken under 200 yards for a reason. Well, because mm-hmm. they can't see. And they're also like hyped on, you know, trying to get ladies. So you can get them to be dumb. Bears, you don't get that opportunity. True. So with bears, I want them to control my scent. I want them to come in. I want them to be comfortable. Wait, take my time. Take my shot. Known distance. I know what my bullet's going to do. Down the animal. Cleanly, effectively, and without a lot of suffering for the animal. Because that's not what I want always. I love that people... Well, I guess there's still that argument in Lore 48 about about, uh, salt licks and all that stuff. Baiting deer versus non-baiting deer and all that kind of stuff, putting feed piles out. and so Depends on where you're at. I, I, I'm it, just saying state by state, yeah. No, I'm saying there's still the, the pro-con argument about that even down there. Oh, yeah. So, But I would also argue that, so guys, so if, we, if a guy tells me he's he hunts Midwest white-tailed deer and he has a food plot mm-hmm. and he's against bear baiting, I would argue what is the difference. And my point is, is that if you, if I go out and I plant a field or I have a barrel that spreads out corn or whatever it is. If I focus in on that, is that any different than putting out dog food for a bear? I would agree. 
The or, other, so let's throw that into the Alaska terms of because we don't have that up here. No, that we is, don't yeah. have ag like that. We don't have the you know even the the type of terrain in the woods and all stuff that they hunt down there in the Midwest. So even up here, let's say that you have a you're out in the backwoods and you found this beautiful little salmon stream mm-hmm. and you see bear activity all over it. So I'm gonna use this and I'm gonna sit up on this and just wait. I'm waiting for my bear to come in. No difference, just a natural source. So I look at this and I kind of go, anytime I can take as many variables out of my hunting situation as possible, I'm doing the bear a favor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're killing the bear, so I guess that's maybe not a favor, but in the sense that I'm going to try and take kill a bear, and I want it to be as clean as possible. So if I know that I'm going to shoot an animal, I'm not into animal suffering. I don't want to see the animal suffer. I want to take it cleanly and effectively as possible. All right, so we're both medical. Right. We've worked in that field quite a while yeah have you seen the video of the bear having a heart attack no i have not so there's a video out there and uh we'll have to figure out if we can post this somewhere so it's not that, copy- copyrighted or anything like yeah that. speaking of that if you're if you're looking for this i'm gonna see if i can find it i'm gonna try and get this up on our, our uh, social media platforms we have facebook okay. and uh instagram up for outdoor uh, uh if it's on ago. youtube you could put it on yeah. there because you're quoting that source exactly so i'm gonna take or a we'd be okay with that should be able to put it up there but uh yeah hit up the sourdough outdoorsman uh either instagram or facebook we'll put it up there because if we can find it if we can we'll find try, it yeah it is a uh a video to back backpacking hikers these guys are out there i mean they're 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 into it they're not just on a day hike and they come across a grizzly, and he's down in this draw, and he turns and just books it up the hill. He wins him and turns and just starts cruising up the valley. And he gets halfway up the hill, and you see the legs start going oh, rigid. And he kind of does the hop-hop with the rigid legs and goes right over backwards and tumbles and tumbles and tumbles down the hill. And they went down to this thing, and it was stone-cold dead. So it more than likely had a heart attack or That's, a so I big think, PE or a something. I think when I looked through it and was doing some research on it, you know, they were able to call in the bear. They did a necropsy on it and found out that this bear had a heart attack. It just Interesting. The, the ticker stopped. So we talk about hunting and we talk about these ethics of hunting and your shot placements and all these things. And I think people forget that animals die. Oh, agreed. They I, die they, in the woods. Oh, yeah, all the time. So... There, I guarantee you, the, so the trophy animal, I was looking at this, the trophy animal for, I think the World Pope and Young came out in 2018, though. There's a, there is a record for uh, for, for uh, brown bear. Okay. It's fairly recent here. Yeah. But it's one of those things that it's 2018, and I mean, we're doing this in 2019. So this is Pope and Young. So it's the bow hunting guys, right? Yes. And not the rifle guys, but still, you get my point. Yep. They're talking about world records by species. Alaskan brown bear taken... In the Alex River area. I don't even know where the Alex River is at. Hmm. But looking at the picture, this thing's a toad. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't care who you are. If you have any thought of putting a trophy on your wall, you'd have just pulled the trigger on this thing. You'd have, it's the animal of a lifetime. Yeah. Like, there's no question in your mind. Yeah. And it was taken in 2018. Its total score was 29 and 4 sixteenths. A big bear. It's a blo- I mean, obviously being the world record. It's a yeah, bloody big, it's a bear, big but, bear. But that's a big bear. But my point is, is there's still records out there. These animals are still dying of natural causes, doing mm-hmm. their thing. Yeah. Some some up here in Alaska may never see a human. Yeah. Yep. So and but I, but on the so same token, when you're talking about ethics of it, how many times has somebody seen a bear that size 
and not been able to get it. Pulled the trigger on right. it and put one through its hindquarter. Or blew Something. a shoulder out and this bear takes off and goes over two ridges and expires. Expires over there. You know, so when you're talking about the ethics of it, yeah, these bears are they're out in the woods. They're gonna do bear things, yeah. Do bear things. Eventually they're gonna die. I would much rather be able to put it down quickly there than have to worry about letting this bear suffer over two ridges because I took a bad shot. Exactly. That is the big thing is that I took a bad shot. And again, I think with baiting in particular, you've controlled your, your situation. Mm-hmm. And as I control variables, it's just like in life, you control the variables. And people say, well, what do you mean? Well, I control where I work to a, to a large degree when I work. Like I'm a nurse. I've chosen a job that allows me to work day shift only. Mm-hmm. Maybe some mid shifts, depending upon where you're at in the lower 48, you can find those as a case manager. But for the most part, I work day shift. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work nights anymore. I'm getting too old for that. At least my body says I'm too old for it. Right. Oh, mine gave up on that stuff a long time ago. Yeah, right. But you get my point. So I've controlled that, 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 that part of it by what I do. Yeah. So you control things in your life based on what you want to do. Mm. Good, bad, or indifferent. Sometimes things control you. The wind. The... The, the nose of the bear, the, you know, there are things that are outside your control, but as much as I can, I try and control that situation, particularly when I'm sitting there, I'm going to take that shot. The other advantage that I see is that are we looking for a bear or the bear? Hmm. So my point is, and there's a difference. So a trophy to you is going to be different than a trophy to me. Hmm. And what I mean okay. by that. So for example, I've already stated it. I want to get a glacier bear. Yeah. Doesn't have okay. to be a, doesn't yeah. have, no, doesn't have to be a big one. Yep. But just a glacier bear. Like, that's something I want on my wall. It doesn't have to be the biggest bear out there. Yeah. That is a trophy in my mind. Yeah. Other guys will go, well, if it ain't a trophy, it ain't a trophy. If it can't make the record book. Well, that's a trophy to them. Yeah. The other thing is, is I'll guarantee you, like our pastor, Brian, he went out on quote-unquote date night with his wife. And now they go out all the time. So he talked to his wife. I don't know how he did this. But anyways, I, that's a story, I'm sure. He says, honey, let's go out to the bear stand. Long story short, you know where this is going. He took a bear over the bear stand on date night. And I just kind of go, you got to be kidding me, dude. And we struggled <laughs> with our bear stand this year. But to him, I guarantee you, even though that was like just an average black bear, that was a trophy to him. That was a trophy to him and his wife because of the memories that were made on Absolutely. that trip. And so a trophy is relative to what it is to you. And a couple of years ago, you know, having his daughter Cadence at the same not, stand. Yeah, the same stand at 10 years old, take her first bear. A That's trophy. a trophy bear. That's a trophy bear. That one bear. sits on his wall. Right. It, but you get my point. I yeah. guarantee you it won't make the record books. Yeah. But it is a trophy bear. Absolutely. So when I look at it and I kind of go, if I'm out hunting on the stand and I'm sitting there doing my thing. Yeah. I kind of go, what makes a trophy bear? Well, you want to shoot a, most people, they say, I want to shoot a quality black bear or a grizzly bear. It's a, how do you determine what it is? Is it, a, it's usually not a sow. You mm. can't take a sow with cups. So it's just eliminate those right off the bat. Right. But when you talk about a, you know, you want a boar, the mature male, that, that boar that's just big, stocky, there's some key the things you're looking for. But Big head, big paws, big shoulders. But big is relative. I mean, that first bear you see, you're going to go, I mean, the first grizzly you see, you go. So I talk about your little black bear, like, you know, most people, like, that was a huge bear. Well, yeah, he's probably, he's probably 120 pounds. Yeah, what <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like, well, that's the thing. Take is, the one that was in my front yard over the summer, okay? Yeah. Remember that, I showed you that video. Yep. yep. I should actually, we can post that on social media because that's my front yard. There you go. We'll push this on social media. Tell me, is that a trophy animal? Yeah. Well, if it's in my front yard, it might just be. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it was looking for water. And when you look at it, you kind of go, it's a, 
average bear. It looked sourish to me, more rounded features, just like a human, like humans do. Like males tend to have more of a cut, chiseled approach. Assuming we're not, I'm, so- I'm nothing cut and chiseled. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. <laughs> I'm talking about the quote unquote, you know, <laughs> when you talk about the models that, you know, like, like exhibit all the quote male characteristics. I mean, granted, we're both a little soggy around the suit. <laughs> I got vet bod. You got dad bod. Yeah. By the way, the difference between vet bod and dad bod just means that you are a veteran and have more back pain, but you probably have me. No, beat I will beat you on the back eyes. pain because I not just have the dad bod. I have the retired fire medic bod. True. Okay. Vet bod, retire. You get my point. We we, we beat up our bodies, but we're a little soft around the midsection. But my point is, is a big boar will also get that way where they're just big blocky. I stand next to my wife. I'm taller. I'm heavier. My bones are thicker. Like I just like it. I, you could look at us from behind and like, just take a shot of our backs, not knowing how tall we are. And you could go, that's the dude. That's the chick. Like it won't, you, yeah, you just, you, there's no doubt in your mind. God made us different. Yes, he did. He made and thank male, God he female. Made, God, thank God he made us different. Great. No offense, Brennan. You ain't my type. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure if I should be hurt by that. <laughs> sure hope not. Otherwise, uh, right? <laughs> otherwise, we're going to talk to the pastor. <laughs> but my point is, is that when I talk about like a sow, they just kind of, they, their noses are a little bit more rounded. Their ears are a little closer together. It's so like a big bear is going to have what's going to be typically what you're looking for is like a square nose ears that are small and relative to the head so it's a relative issue so your ears just look small and I there's would, like a, there's it almost looks like there's like a dinner plate between them. like I would argue though that that is not necessarily a sow boar issue that is a age issue part of it is age and with because age as and you science. get if you have a sow who is you know let's say 20 years old mm-hmm. and a boar that is 20 years old they're relatively going to be about the same size. Right, because they're both so old. They're just old bears. They've mm-hmm. grown. You're probably going to see very similar. It's going to be hard to judge between the two. It is. Field judging a bear is very hard. Yes. I mean, it's it's a hard, it's a lifelong thing. It's something that, I mean, for example, I printed it out because I had nothing better to do one day, and I just decided to go through it. And they, the state of Alaska puts it out. It's like 30-something bear, 30-something pages of a, like a bear, like. Identification. Is, identification. Is this a male, female? Yes. And it's tough. I mean, looking at me in color on my screen, mm-hmm. I just kind of go, oh. If you just Googled a bear and you looked at it, you're not – it's it's almost impossible unless you're just very skilled at what is this. There are key things that you can tell. Like you're pointing a couple of them out. But in general – It's still very hard. Yeah. There is still there is still a chance that the sow can, can best you at your game, so I, to speak. I've talked it – I've, uh, you know, in the, the over the, the beer conversations with some guys – who their comment is, I'm not going to put any money down until I see it pee. Oh, I would, yeah. And I would say that most hunters, most true bear hunters that have done this for any length of time, and I'm not like the world's most skilled bear hunter, I will mm-hmm. not attest to that at all. Yep. I can say the more I've learned about bears and the more I've studied them, like from the book knowledge, just like, hey, look, it's middle of winter or I'm sitting, you know, waiting on my wife. So I pull out my... <laughs> Yeah, wait on a woman. Imagine that. But I pull out some information about bears and hunting and whatnot. The yeah. more I'm learning about them, just reading about them, the more I go, I don't know shit. Number one and number two, this is bloody hard. Yeah. And so, especially with the identification piece. Yeah. But with bear stands, back to kind of kind of tie that back in a little bit, is that it allows you when you're on the stand, when you have a known feeding source, you can t- 
two hours if they're mm-hmm. doing it for a half an hour and there's like little to no wind or maybe the wind isn't that right it's coming at your face a yeah. little bit it, guess what now you have all day to stare at that thing yeah it and gives you, you time and it gives you time the other thing it gives you time too is that is a bear comes in it's on you're on your stand and you go ooh ooh I think you know what I just need a bear for the freezer because I just I enjoy bear meat mm-hmm. and I really just want to have some and I go ooh I'll, I'll that's a solid bear it's just a good adult bear yeah it gives you that time to pause and go, is there any cubs floating around behind this that are like trailing? Absolutely. And so, because if you shoot that animal and now you've shot this sow, mm-hmm. which, okay, I'm not I'm not wild about shooting sows, but obviously when you're bear hunting, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But if I shoot one with cubs, I've now killed three animals for my one. And not just that, you've created, you've, you're now... You're poaching, technically. Yeah, you're now doing... But it's illegal. You it is illegal, but... You can't shoot... Uh, Sow with cubs, right? But even without Alaska, well, yeah. And I won't disagree with the law. I'm not saying the law that you're wrong about the law. I don't even worry about the law in the sense that I would feel so bad about taking because those cubs are going to starve to death, Mm. which is exactly what I'm against. Yeah. So for me, it's a matter of I don't even want to get to that point where, I mean, if I get to that point in my head, that would mess with me for a Mm. long, long time. It would be hard for me to go back out to the woods to go hunt bears, Mm. just because I don't like I don't like the thought of because of something I did. As, you know, to feed my family, sure, cause another animal to starve to death. Hmm. Does that make sense? I, I will agree with that. It would be very hard for me if right. I, I will be in the same mindset. But I think from a management side, like game management, game management right. side, there's a reason that the and if you look at Midwest deer populations over the last twenty years, they have increased the more they shot does. Yeah, because you because if you eliminate the bucks, because they want a ratio. So the interesting kind of with deer, I did do some research on that because again, I love to read and yeah. back to two college educations. <laughs> and it's what it gets you. So when you look at deer populations, naturally allowed to run amok, so to speak, and they yeah. don't have the controls we put on them as humans, mm-hmm. they go to about a fifty-fifty ratio. They do. Yep. Uh, so, but when you're talking about bears, and if we're just shooting all the boars, and you have a crazy amount of females running around throwing ton of cubs out there because they're going to get bred over and over or, and over or they don't get bred there or is that if, possibility even if you have you, you start eliminating the big boars and you got all these young boars running around uh, they're doing their bear thing mm-hmm. it's going to happen right yeah, so you, boys you, do boy things yeah. right yeah um you could potentially have a situation where you end up having starving bears because you have so many bears exploding because you're not taking out Correct. The animals that need to be taken out. Right. And I'm not saying that I'm like, I mean, but when I think about taking an animal, I'm going to take that time to know that either it's a lone sow or it's the boar. However, would I pass up a sow? Oh, God, no. Mm -hmm. Especially right now when I'm not in a true meat crisis, but I'm, uh, I have plenty of fish. I do fairly well. I clean up fishing pretty well. Right now I could use some bear meat. I could Mm -hmm. use some deer meat. I could use some moose meat in my freezer. So, my level of um, caring after it's an adult and there's no cubs yeah. has really – that that to me right now is a trophy animal. That's the animal I'm going to take because I need the meat in the freezer. Yeah. There's only a couple places, uh, and I don't even know if there is. I'd have to check that right now. I want to say there's one unit in Alaska you can take cubs, south cubs. Yeah. but it's a, And it's a place that there's it's so overly populated. And it's also fairly remote too. So it's not, it is very remote, and there's not a lot yeah. of folks up there in no. general. So no, no, no. It's, yeah. yeah. And there's so many bears that you end up having an issue with. Okay, they're eating all the moose. 
they're taking all the moose calves because so there's so many bears. So to to drive this balance, they're trying that that is a, a thing you can do because nobody goes over there. Right. So it's a, it's a fly out hunt. It's a fly out hunt. So it's expensive. And mm-hmm. who wants to take a sow with cubs if you're going to spend that much money? I mean, you know, back to that mentality of trying to get the trophy. Yeah. But when I think about things like I like 16, I like 13, but 16 is where we're gonna, probably going to end up setting up our stand at just yeah. because it's the longest season in Alaska as far as baiting is concerned. And we yep. want time and opportunity. You're allowed two grizzlies over bait. And in Alaska, as a resident, non-resident's totally different and it's expensive and you got to have guides and blah, blah, blah. There's some rules that go into that that Absolutely. like my brother could come up here, but or, you know, yep. your family could come up, a little different situation. But for the most part, you're coming up with a guide. For those of us that are here residents, some places you have to have a locking tag, some places you don't. We don't have to have them. There's no ceiling requirements. Just go shoot them. Yeah. However, you got to be able to get to them. Mm. And I've actually emailed. So with bears for me, again, being a researcher kind of guy, I emailed, hey, let me just email the bear guy and for unit the 16. Biologist. The biologist. And I said, what do you know? My buddy and I are looking at doing our thing, and we want to go bear hunting. What do you know? Kind of give me some generals. I'm not looking for a specific spot. And I specifically said, I don't I don't want specifics. I just want generalities how many bears how many where bears? are they at yeah not even where they're at but like what parts of the the unit do they run around? where should i focus yeah and he gave me probably the most generic answer as far as where they run around it could be anywhere mm-hmm. in the spring they're up in the hills in the fall they're in the hills down by the rivers in the middle of the summer when the fish are around well i knew that <laughs> but interestingly <laughs> enough for all the you know wide open that you can go hunt two two of these and three of these Guess what? There's only like a hundred bears, black bears taken out of sixteen. Well, it's a big unit. I mean, it's not as big as like thirteen or so per se, but it's a very heavily wooded unit. Right, but my point is, is there's not a lot of folks out there hunting these bears. No, I mean there's like twenty five grizzlies pulled out of there. Yeah. So, my point is, is that and and within that, you know, there is so baiting comes up with its own unique set of problems, and I don't want to name names. A friend of ours thought he was doing the right thing, took a took a grizz over bait. Unfortunately, it was allowed to bait, but the grizzly season was closed. So yeah. you have to pay attention to those differences. So we they may say, hey, baiting, bear baiting is open in this area at this time from this time to this but time. The, gr- the grizzlies the, are closed or the browns are closed or the blacks are closed or whatever. You have right. to look at the animal itself. Yeah, exactly. Within the unit. And he yeah. got he got he got he got screwed by that and mm. he did the right thing. I my hat's off to him. He did Absolutely. the right thing, called the troopers and you know, he had to give up his bear, which pissed him off. I think he got a three hundred dollar fine for the deal, plus loss of a bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. But you know, I kinda go for as many folks that are out there hunting them, there's really not that many taken over bait in Alaska. There's not many bears taken really. I mean, there is a few in like the Kodiak area, but that's such a limited hunt. Because they don't want to over over hunt that area, but the vast majority of Alaska, it's wide open. Yeah, I wouldn't hundred percent disagree with that because it's a season that normally falls into fishing. It falls into a lot of that stuff, and then if you're going to go do a fall bear, you have moose, you have all these other animals that are considered. And Alaskans are snobs. We really are when it comes to meat. We are so really. Dude, oh come on now, like. If you give me a salmon, if I get, hey, Dave, I'm going to give you salmon. What's almost guaranteed the first question? What kind? Right? And I'm well, like, oh, well, I'm, I've am i got some pink salmon here. 
dog food? Really, you're gonna insult me that way? There you go. Yeah, right. Well, so, okay. so hold on. I want to just, just on this really quick. So you're gonna love this. So dip netting. We yeah. both love to do it. It's a lot of fun. It's a good camping trip for us for our families. Coworker of mine, Danny. I love him dearly. Yeah. Where do you go dip netting? At? Oh, I'm a Kisilov guy. Just good atmosphere. Oh, life, yeah. Right. He looks at me and goes, "Yeah, coppers are better." Yeah. But on the same token, I have another coworker that I worked with in the ER. Sherry, her and her husband, they are like, well, what do we think about going halibut fishing out of? Oh, you know, I like to go try the green can hole out of Homer. They're mealy. What, Sherry? Oh, no, no, no. You, Prince William's the only place to go. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to go, you go out of Seward. Right. Like, that's their thing. Yeah. And so, But you get my th- point in that it's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We do get to be snobs about our fish, and we do get to be snobs about our meat, red meat in general. Because yeah. what is the filet mignon of Alaska? Most guys will argue it's caribou. Sure. I mean, you know, okay. for, the, for the readily accessible yeah. stuff. I mean, Well, sh- I've, I've talked to other guys who'll say, I wouldn't touch caribou. It's just nothing. They All, all they do is eat lichen and drink their own piss. Well, so why would I want that? Yeah. But, man, they taste good. Well, I've, I've talked to guys that would be dead against that. And all, all these moose caribou's just... Blah, 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 but, blah. Yeah, but, so, but even inside of that, there's such a wide variety of snobbiness about our meat. Oh. Where'd so you get it from? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, that's a huge thing up here. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so even in that, when you're thinking about bears, look at what else they can be hunting, and what do you guys focus on? Oh, I won't disagree with that. I look at bears as another opportunity. And oh, so, for sure. And, and so for me, it's a matter of yep. it's another opportunity to get in the woods. So for me, the way I look at my seasons, it's usually up until mid July when we're dip netting. It's kind of where I'm after kings. I don't care about mm-hmm. reds until I'm dip netting. Reason being. I'll get all the reds I can handle dip netting. And I think of bear baiting bears as the opportunity to add early season meat. Yep. Because typically it's done from the 15th of April till the first or 31st of June, 1st of July. You have to be everything's out. Unless you're in, in unit 16, 16 which, which you can go to October or something, right? 15th, I think it is. Yeah, it's, it's late. It's stupid late, yeah. So it's basically until the bears decide to go den up, and you, essentially. It, well, that's when you're allowed to bait. You can hunt them. Far more than that. Oh, yeah. Well, you can hunt them anywhere far more. You can hunt them in Unit 14 far more than that. Yeah, I think they're open no close season. Yeah. Well, except for grizzlies, which are closed in June and July. Yeah, yeah. You'd have them. But blacks are open virtually year-round. Yeah. Yep. And then the local area does. Like, exactly. I can walk out here. If there's a black out here, I can grab my mag and go. Well, you're in the municipality of Anchorage, so. Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if I'm out, for whatever reason, screwing around outside of Talkeetna, I can... I'm yes. pretty positive off the top of my head, just kind of randomly go take one. Yep. So. So that's my, like, I like the, the, the baiting for those couple reasons. It's Gives a control opportunity. factor. It's a control factor. Yeah. The other thing that I really enjoy, there's a reason I like fly fishing. There's a reason I like duck hunting and bear baiting. is because there's a mental thing that goes into that. Absolutely. I'm not just hiking a ridge and hopefully something wanders in front of me. I'm enticing. I'm trying to pull it to me. Right, and there's a it's a mental game. Yeah, it, it, it it's a mind game at that point in time. Yep. The other thing, I would, that, I would much rather when you know go fish a small creek where I can see, and I can do that spot a fish, and that's gonna, the fish I want. I'm gonna make that fish eat whatever I'm trying to grab, or whatever I'm throwing at it. I don't like puddle jumping ducks because it's just like walking around until something flies. I'd much rather put a spread out and have them come to me. Same thing with the bears. I want to get them being like, I want to be there. 
won't disagree. And again, when you're talking about, you know, access and, you know, when you're talking about things like access with bears and trying to get at them, physical limitations are a real thing. And I, and I mean this in all sincerity. So for example, my dad, he's in his late sixties now. Mm-hmm. If I want to get my dad on a bear, I've got to do it on a stand. Not, not that I don't trust my dad to walk across the tundra, but it just, it's, he's physically not going to be able to do it. He's just, he's getting to that age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's, and I kind of say, look, if I, if I, if I say, dad, we're going to go hike these ridges, he can go do it physically. Yes, he can check the box, but his recover time is so much more that it ruins the rest of your summer, so to speak. Yeah. And even as a, I mean, I'll be 40 here shortly. And even as a essentially 40 year old dude, you don't recover like you did at 25. Mm. And especially with injuries, injuries. Yeah. I don't recover very well. Right. Right. It just takes us longer surgery. Just, it's just, yeah. And the other advantage I see this is that it allows you to bring the bears to you. I guarantee you that if you go out, you set up a quality stand, quality location, you get all those things, check in the boxes, you go out, you feed the stand, bring your kids out. I know a lot of people would have some issues. Such a, another huge part of it right because we have to train that next generation of mm-hmm. hunters and outdoorsmen yeah. they may not my my son may never want to go hunting i say that's something my dad did and i'm just not interested mm-hmm. but i want them to say that's something my dad did and i had a good time with it mm-hmm. and if i could put my kid up in the stand and maybe we see a bear even a small bear mm-hmm. that's going to be the thing of a lifetime like i can still remember when i was probably zane's age my son zane is seven i think i was six my first elk hunt I was in the front of my dad's 82 Toyota pickup and my dad's bow was on the floorboards in front of me. Okay. And literally the cow elk stepped out of that on that gravel road in the middle of rural Oregon and about took out the front of the truck. Hmm. And I went, Oh, and the comment that my dad still makes is, yeah, we're going to kill that thing. Now we didn't get up getting the elk, but I remember thinking in my head, you're going to take and you're going to flick a stick at that like it didn't like yeah this thing was a it was a it was an elephant in my mind this thing was huge it's amazing how that sticks with you right i grew up with moose some pretty freaking big moose i remember driving through a rural country road in michigan in my wife's vw beetle in fact the, that the new beetle in fact that brandon's driving a beetle you have to understand he's a Big dude, <laughs> sitting behind the wheel well, of this thing. Wasn't so big then, but <laughs> still, he's not a small man. Even when he's not a, a quote a small dude in his mind, he's a, still a big guy. Um, anyways, we're driving down this rural road. It was uh, it was the day I proposed to her. Okay, we were driving home, and uh, this little country road and this herd of elk. Now back then in Michigan, a herd of elk was people like y'all. You just saw deer. I'm like, I-, I don't think so. Like, oh, no, no, there's, uh, oh, you, you don't see elk here. There, there are, yeah. no, it was a herd of elk. And these things walked in front of me at probably 25, 30 feet. Mm-hmm. Holy crap, those things were huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they're bigger in your mind's eye. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that, that when I think about trying to get my kids and doing things, it's in their mind's eye. Like, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, we went out fishing on Montana Creek. Those are the kinds of memories. Hey, we caught this huge. I mean, my son, that huge chum he caught. No, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. It was a big chum at baseline. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Your, sore spot for Brandon. But young, <laughs> young Zane outfished me on chums. <laughs> but, but my point is, for him, that's going to be a memory of a lifetime. Absolutely. And so, as I start thinking about bears, and I kind of go, I want to get my kids on an animal. We could go moose hunting for years, and maybe not get on them because they're doing something wrong, or we're just not quite... 
But with bears, I can get them on a stand. I can teach them all the tricks Mm -hmm. that even if something were to happen to me or they, you know, they will more than likely see a bear on that stand. They can get up in it and they can just, if you just be quiet, we can probably see an animal. My daughter loves going out to the stand. Yeah. Just climbing up in the stand, seeing everything. She's so excited. So. Yeah. So anyways, that's something we got to talk about. We'll have to to spitball one day and talk about our bear stand and kind of how we're going to. Start planning for next season. Plan for next season because we got to move our stand because of mm-hmm. a lot of different projects and problems that we ran into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one of the projects is just kind of like a bear like stand in the sense of like a platform that we can't get the kids on. Mm. We should talk about that, how that looks, and like what is a stand, like the stand itself. Yeah, but, that's a whole nother. Oh, that's a whole nother like we're getting – we're getting to that point, although I guarantee you my wife's going to come up the stairs and start yelling at us just because yep. she's got to go to work tomorrow. I don't, but she does. So it's, it's about time. It's so about that time. But anyways, anyways, just want to throw out, you know, if you if you did like this, hit us up on any of the podcasting platforms. Yeah. Like it, us. Give us it a... It should be in the show notes as well. We yep. have the we have the uh, email. You can exactly. always email us. Both Brandon and I both have the... It's yep. the same email for both of us. We just kind of go to the same inbox. And give we'll us do a... Give us a good rating on iTunes, yeah. Stitcher, all these platforms, and help us out a little. Even if you just said, wow, that was the dumbest thing I ever heard, hit Let like. us know. Yeah. I mean, because I'd much rather know, and, and I would rather not have the, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard, and don't ever do that again. Tell me why. <laughs> I want the constructive criticism, because. I just want them to give me five the five stars, and then you can say whatever you want. Oh, true, yeah. yeah. And I will do my best, to actually, I would do my best to actually respond to that. And, Absolutely. And improve, because quite frankly, I can always improve. Can't we all? So, yeah. All right. Until next time. Until next time and be safe.